is the Clemson Dubcast, Friday, October 28th. I have spent the last hour plus laughing a lot in this conversation with Charlie Whitehurst. We talked a good bit about the current situation at Clemson heading into the open date. DJ Uwe trying to discover his conf- rediscover, I guess, his confidence and mechanics and, and a bunch of other stuff that, that have regressed recently. Is it or was it? A one-game thing, or is it something to worry about moving forward? Paul Strilo and I have tackled that in abundance at TigerIllustrated.com. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864 4581 or online at paramlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parham Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. Football season is grilling season and Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio is South Carolina's premier source for the big three. Weber, Traeger, and Big Green Egg Grills. Blackstone Griddles too. I'm Jack Oliver. Grill all your tailgate favorites to perfection with a premium gas, charcoal, or pellet grill then top it all off with something sizzling from your Blackstone Griddle. For grills, griddles, patio furniture, hot tubs, and saunas, shop in store or online at Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio, Forest Drive in Columbia, and jackoliverpools.com. I'm Josh Burrell, receiver and running back for the Florida State Seminoles. When I'm back home in the Midlands, I enjoy grilling and relaxing with my family, and we get everything we need from Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio. Thanks, Josh. I'm Jack Oliver, and we proudly offer the Big Green Egg, Weber, and Traeger Grills, Blackstone Griddles, and beautiful patio furniture, too. We're located at 3303 Forest Drive in Columbia and online at jackoliverpools.com. And we deliver. They're good people. Go see them today. Okay, we've had Charlie Whitehurst on several times over the years. It never disappoints, and this one most certainly does not. Great stuff here from Charlie. Enjoy. All right, joined by one of the most requested guests uh, that we get, Charlie Whitehurst. How you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Larry. <laughs> I, I've spent the last 15 minutes in stitches because I, I, I'm, I, I do my homework, um, and my homework before this interview consisted of watching the Pat McAfee show during the Florida State <laughs> game. I get close to the end. I'm ready to turn it off. And the whole time I'm wondering, like, okay, who are those four random guys in the second row? That was actually one of my going to be one of my questions. And then one of said random guys starts doing his Lou Holtz impression, and I'm just <laughs> crying, <laughs> crying. I, I think that was his, probably the best part of the show. I mean, Pat Pat is incredible to see him actually do it. I, I you know it's been years since I played with Pat. 
and he was a character, you know, when he was the punter for the Colts and, you know, great guy in the locker room and everything. But to see him work at really, really the second thing he's been really good at in his life is incredible. I mean, his talent is, is awesome and, and he's obviously done very well. But I can't remember what that guy's name is. I should I should know. But that may have been <laughs> the best part of the whole show. I was I mean, it's like it's like Lou was sitting back there. You know, it was really really funny. All right, I have I have tried to rig this recording equipment to 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 pick up that part of the show, and I'm going to hit play, and I'm hoping you'll be able to hear it, so we can laugh like hell again um all right let me let me see can you hear hold on a second can you hear this yes you, okay awesome 20 not a lot of time left just gave up a fourth and goal what would coach lou holtz tell florida state get these boys back in and get a stop and maybe get on the right side of things well honestly Pat, i don't know if there's anything i can say unfortunately i mean they're getting their asses beat right now i think everybody can say that It went on much more, um, including ripping on your face mask that you wore <laughs> in college. Oh, my God. I wonder how long he can go. I mean, he's thinking of this stuff, you know, just as he's saying it. And uh, I, I just – it's amazing. You know, it's just – it's cool to be around sports fans – you know, that, that I, I, he didn't play college football, you know, but he's, right. been, he's been watching it. And I don't know. It's just really cool to see the group and the number of people and interesting guys that have been watching for a long time. And, uh, you know, just have a little, I don't know, a little different perspective, I guess, on the game. You know, I mean, the, the, there's a hell of a lot more fans than there are players and coaches and stuff. And it's just kind of cool, cool to see. So were those four guys in the second row just fans? What? <laughs> who, who was? No, they 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 help Pat on his show daily. Oh, okay. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, so they're they're part of his research team, part of his color commentary <laughs> and stuff every day on uh on his radio. Show. Okay, yeah. and yeah. so where is this geographically? 
Indianapolis. Okay. So, so Pat, yeah, he's, he's, I guess he's from he went to West Virginia. I think he's from around Pittsburgh, I believe. Uh, he stayed in Indy, uh, to do that. He, he bought, a, he bought an old church. <laughs> he's got, that's where that, that's where his, he calls it the Thunderdome because it looks like, it looks like an igloo from the outside. And, uh, yeah, I pulled up there and, we went in there. He's got the basketball court and everything, and he's got his studio right there where we filmed that. It's his studio that he uses every day. So it's just wild to see uh, how a lot of media is is going, sports media and the niche he's created and the guys helping him, all the talent, you know, and stuff. And, yeah, they can sit in front of a TV and watch a game for four hours and, you know, entertain some people for sure. Well, he, and he started when he was a player, right? But And it was based off that – the one hit that he delivered, and then I think the Indianapolis Star maybe hired him, paid him like ten grand a year. I was reading in an article recently to come on and 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 be a part of a panel, I guess a weekly panel, and then it just <laughs> took off from there. I, I don't I don't know exactly the timeline. I know you know I was there in 2015, second half of 2015. He played I think another two three years, um, but he. I, I had never been around. I mean, we're, we're sitting at lunch, you know, and you're just kind of trying to acclimate to a new team. I, I knew Hassel back there. McAfee was like, took me in too, you know. It was like, you get, at least you have guys to freaking sit there and eat lunch with, you know. And uh, they're saying, <laughs> Pat, where's the, where's the show Friday night? And I'm going, the show? What the hell are they talking about? It's like, oh, Pat's got a stand up. He did an open mic two two weeks ago. He's got a, he booked a stand up at some small comedy club downtown. I'm going, what in the world? You know, like what is going on here? But I think it started off with that, and then he he always had an interesting relationship. You know, I don't want to speak for him, but with with management and stuff and football, I think he's he's <laughs> he didn't really necessarily fall in line to exactly the way uh, everybody. Wanted him. I mean, I think the coaches loved him and everything. The players loved him, but I think sometimes front office and him <laughs> butted heads. And um, he was just a guy that was going to kind of push it in, in every direction. And um, yeah, he, he turned out in, in, in media, and he he's been really good. So I guess they, I guess a few weeks before you get approached, and they say, "Hey, we want to do this. We're going to fly you up." How, how did that? How did that? Be, what were the beginnings of that? I got a I got a message for like on Twitter I think um, from Pat he says hey what you doing Saturday night I'm like oh good no, I, I don't know you know I was like well I told him I'd probably be in the woods somewhere he said hey we're doing this mega cast and I'm like what well how do you know what this is you know so they they had done one I guess uh, the NC State game in Clemson the that was the first time they had done it and it came from Manning's the Manning cast uh, in Omaha Productions and stuff and. They approached Pat and got him committed for six games this season. So I think it was like Monday or Tuesday before the Florida State game. He writes and said, hey, we're doing this thing. I want you to come up here and, and do it with us. You know, and I said, well, shoot, I have to. You know, I mean, he uh, I mean, he, he's just you never know what happens after that. I mean, so a lot of people that watch his stuff, uh, he was always a, a heck of a teammate of mine and uh, went up there. I said, it'd be a lot of fun. So I went, I went and did it, just flew up there and. Showed up about an hour before we went on, and uh, what are you, what are you asking from me? What, well, how's this going to go? He says, "Oh, we're just going to figure it out, brother." You know, we're just, <laughs> gracious. So it was uh, an interesting format, nothing I'd ever done before, and uh, no, they were, 
I, I just appreciated them thinking of me and asked me to do it. What an amazing life, uh, I guess, professional life to be able to, to just be yourself, you know, to just hang around and, and, and drink beverages as you're watching a game or, and not to mention his show, which is extremely successful. Amazing to be able to have such a niche where you're just basically being Pat. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I think everybody is aware of the, the, the amount of money he's making and stuff from, I guess, I don't know if it's FanDuel or uh, DraftKings or something that sponsors his show. I mean, he's, he's making as much money as anybody as anybody, uh, really, I think in media right now. Um, but I, that's what I said to him. I said, golly, unbelievable, you know? And I said, you'd be doing this shit anyway, wouldn't you? Excuse me. But like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I really think he would be, you know, if he's just being himself, he's doing, he's doing what he wants to do. He's talking about things he wants to talk about. He's talking to the people he wants to talk about and they're paying him incredible amount of money to do so. I mean, just, it's pretty awesome. And, and I, I, I can't like, understate how good he is at it um I, I maybe his content isn't for every single demographic but for the one that he's got that's exactly what those guys are looking for yeah and um he is just he wings it too i mean coming in and out of commercials and stuff he just they just you know they alert him hey you got 10 seconds and he just seamlessly goes to commercial comes back he doesn't know what he's going to say he's, you know interview Stephen a smith midway through and stuff he I know he's prepared, but he's just such a charismatic personality that it just works. And he just ties it all together every time. He keeps everybody into it. It, it, it. He's an amazing talent. really is. I wonder if that show would have would be possible without the Manning cast. Because the Manning cast just seemed to just totally break all the boundaries and create this revelation of, oh if you have entertaining people, um, you can have something totally different and it will work like a, you know, a, a separate telecast of something. I wonder if, right. I yeah. wonder how, I wonder how much of a, uh, trailblazer, I guess, pioneer the Manning cast has been in, in, in that realm. Yeah. I mean, a lot, I think, I mean, I think the important thing is, is you got to have the talent, right. You know, I mean, Peyton is, is, is really, really, really good, you know, and he shines probably more in that format than he would even just in the Monday night football booth. Right. I mean, so, uh, Eli obviously adds to it. Those guys are really good. Pat's really good. AJ's really good. You know, that does it with Pat Darius, all, all those guys behind. I mean, you got to have the talent to do it, but yeah, I, somebody had to do it first. And I, I, I wonder who had the idea Did Peyton had the idea or did somebody else bring it to him. I'm curious about that. Do you know either Peyton or, or Eli well? No, not well. I've, I've spoken to Peyton just a handful of times uh, at on the field, obviously, and uh, at some events, even at the Super Bowl or sometimes, things like that. Uh, don't know him well. No, certainly don't. Um, what was in the cup? I, oh, can I guess? Sure. All right. Yeah, I was thinking about that a lot. Um, <laughs> bourbon? I, I didn't when I when I showed up. I, I didn't really know what, yeah, what the protocols were. But I found out pretty quick. It was just whatever the hell you wanted to do. So I didn't, I, I didn't bring anything with me. Um, but there was a big bottle of Jack Daniels there, and uh, there was every, I mean anything you wanted. So I with it within reason, within legal, yeah. <laughs> within the legal framework. Um, so yeah, I mean I hadn't had a Jack and Coke. Shoot, 
in a while. You know, it reminded me of kind of high school and co- well, more like college. <laughs> high say. school. So, <laughs> yeah. But you kind of felt it, uh, you know, you, you know, you do it. Yeah, you're going on live TV and stuff. And you're like, well, I might want to have one of these. And then, you know, you have two or three of them. You're like, oh, slow this thing down a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it impacted the... <laughs> The uh, the broadcast negatively. So, I, I'm I'm a full disclosure guy. I have to disclose. I'm a little disappointed to hear that that you mix your bourbon with Coke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I well, here's the thing. I don't. Okay, typically I do not do that. But it was there, and I had to get it down. You know, take the edge <laughs> off a little bit. So, <laughs> well, if it's Jack, it, it then yes, an opportunity. Yeah, it was Jack. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It, I wasn't messing up something that was. Yes. Uh, there was no pappy or anything hanging out at the. Uh, <laughs> at the little canteen there off stage. So I wouldn't have done it if it was something different. So ideally, like in your normal kickback uh, bourbon um, uh, r- routine is, is more just a really nice bourbon neat. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't drink a lot. Um, I, I like bourbon fine. Uh, I can I, I, when I do drink, I usually drink tequila uh-huh. to be honest. And, um, and some, yeah. And which I didn't know that, you know, uh, the people actually sip, tequila i thought that was just like tequila shots in my younger days that's just kind of what it was right and i didn't know that you were allowed to sip it but you can get some good tequila and uh i i I think it drinks better than than whiskey so i I don't do a lot but i I prefer that when i do i just i have recently had the same revelation about tequila uh we were i was playing music at backstreets and the owner pete uh gives the band a round of tequila shots and i'm just thinking oh god I, I, I don't really like shooting tequila but it was a really really good tequila so i we sipped it i sipped it i'm like wow this is uh <laughs> this is a revelation i might need to start doing more of this so yeah. that's interesting yeah to say i that. think it's really good i think it's easier to drink i kind of, i like the taste better and uh yeah you always it seems like oh tequila tequila hangover is terrible right and you know you take one too many tequila shots it's like that's the worst thing i've ever tasted well you don't have to you don't have to do it like that you can just sip it it's pretty good i'm in a zen like stage at, at age 47 where uh the i guess there's like a um a curve or a um the matrix i guess where you know the the fear of a or, or the pleasure of waking up without a headache has 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 surpassed the pleasure of of drinking one too many the night before. So I'm really enjoying it in terms of uh, you know just not having to deal with with uh, the negative effects of that. Uh, uh, are you, are you there yet? Oh God, I was there. <laughs> I was there a while back. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it's been some. It's been years. Going, golly, I can't believe you know when you first started doing it and stuff. Like how bad you, you were willing to feel, you know, the <laughs> next day. And I'm not willing to do that. I, it's it's like once a year that I feel like that, you know. And uh, I don't I don't like that feeling anymore at all. Yeah, it hurts a little more than it used to. All right, I've got to beat my chest here. Um, you know, from insecurity, I guess, but it must might be like one of my crowning achievements of my professional life. I guess about an hour before y'all went on the air, you texted me to ask me for talking points about the game. <laughs> <laughs> like this is, this doesn't feel right. 
he's asking me. Um, but I don't think you even got to any of the talking points just because it was such an entertaining show, just talk, doing a bunch of the other just pat-type stuff, right? Right, yeah. I, I, and again, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know if I was going to be game analysis or not, you know? So I figured, well, Larry knows what he's talking about when it comes to football. Um, so, yeah, but no, it really didn't, it really didn't get – get to that it was more just uh i don't know lifestyle type commentary i don't know so uh no i I was let off the hook a little bit a little bit with that so which was which is fine with me so the game ends um i don't know around 10 30 do you hang out there for longer do you go straight back to your hotel what was what what's the after situation like yeah i mean you're kind of yeah we hung out for a little while um you know you're kind of you have to be sort of on right when you're when you're doing the thing so it takes a little while to wind down um so I, I think aj had to drive back he hit the road pretty quick but a handful of us just hung out and uh they can just talk real freely you know you know so, <laughs> the, the, the camera's not on and you tell some stories and stuff and, and hang out because uh you know i hadn't seen pat shoot since i uh since yeah years you know six six years so it was cool to you know, catch up with him and some of the other guys. And we watched the end of the games and then the, the pack, it was a pack 10 or pack 12 now games. And yeah, I mean, shot a couple basketballs and, uh, sobered up a little bit <laughs> before, before, we, before I went back to the hotel. And I, I, I was, yeah, I, I didn't feel great the next morning, but, um, I, uh, fl- flew back home the next morning. Yeah. What's your normal, when you, when you sit down and watch a Clemson game, normally, is it like, I've got to be, totally zoned in i can't have any distractions or is it more of a casual thing where it doesn't really matter you can have people around or what yeah it's pretty casual i mean i i try to watch as many as i can um but especially saturdays and you're watching a bunch of games and stuff i i and i don't want to sound i the negative at all this isn't towards clemson really at all but just college football in general and i think i've maybe mentioned this to you before times prior but the, the no huddle stuff to me, there's so many plays in, in the college game now that you can't really stay zoned in. I mean, if you're by yourself, you can watch it. Right. But if there's people around, you don't get that lull in the action. You know, like if, if the teams were huddling, you know, for 30 seconds, you know, yeah. you can kind of visit with people and then all right, you watch, you watch five, seven, eight seconds of the game. I mean, the, 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 the no huddle now, you got to watch the whole thing. I don't my And it's four hours long. It's a primetime game my attention span is not that good. So <laughs> I probably don't pay attention as much as I used to when, when, or, or on a Sunday game when teams are huddling, you know, it, it, it's just easier for me to come up and down, up and down, you know, that hundred times watching a game than just staying, staying uh, aware the whole time. So yeah, it's pretty casual when I watch college games now, to be honest with you. So you're out in the woods for how long uh, recently? Well, I went, um, I guess, middle of early September. I drove out to uh, Utah. We got some friends out there, and we we go elk hunting every year. And um, I was out in the woods. Gosh, I think we camped for five days. So we were six miles in and haul all our stuff out there. And I was, <laughs> I, I lift weights now, but I don't do a lot of cardio as in, I don't do any cardio, which <laughs> I should, <laughs> should probably change, but yeah, I probably got 60 pounds in your pack. And, uh, we walked in six miles and thousand feet elevation rise 
And it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, worn out. And you got to put your tent up and all that stuff. But uh, I was pretty worn out that first, in this first night in the tent. My legs are cramping and stuff. I didn't, I didn't sleep. I'm going, oh my goodness. I should have, I should have been in better shape. But it was cool. Uh, we were out there and we kind of chased around the elk for, I don't know, five days and got close a couple times. We we're hunting with bow and arrow. So, and you're calling them. I don't know if people are familiar with turkey hunting. You know, it's more or less the same thing. It's just this thing, 700 pounds. Um, so <laughs> we got close and it's unforgiving country. It's mountainous up and down. And it's really, I mean, I, I really, really love doing that. It's really fun hanging out with the guys around camp, you know, midday and at night and going out early and late to, uh, to go hunt. So we got close a couple of times. That was cool. Uh, then I shot up to uh, Teton. We camped in Teton for a couple nights Shot up to Yellowstone, did the same thing, and I'd never been to those parks, and that was that was Whoa. just to, uh, yeah, that was just to sightsee, you know, we were yeah. hunting or anything up there. Really awesome. I mean, everybody seems like they want to, this day and age, you want to like stamp your passport, right? And you want to show everybody on social media where you've been and all these places you go and how cool your life is and stuff. But there's a lot of awesome places in this country, and I, I had never been to those, and really glad I got to see them, uh, and then ended up driving back. So I was. I was gone, I don't know, 25 days, you know, and put 5,000 miles in my truck. <laughs> Finally got home, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a cool way to spend kind of the fall. I got back to Atlanta. It was, leaves have changed, and it's fall. So. And this is a yearly thing with the same crew? Yeah, do it, do it with the same same crew. Um, some Clem- kind of a Clemson connection there and some of his friends. And uh, yeah, we've been doing it. We, we hadn't shot one yet. It, it's It's... It's it's harder than I think ten percent of tags get filled, right? So it, it's hard, but we're getting to the point where we actually sort of know what we're doing now. So we realistically have a have a chance to to to, to kill one now, which will be uh, which will be cool, you know. So um, then I shot. Honestly, I shot. I was in Texas the last ten days. I got back a couple of days ago, uh, deer hunting and stuff, and checking out. Actually, yeah, I, I was I was west of Austin. Uh, whitetail hunting for a little while then we have this new lease in west texas sanderson texas that i was scouting out and uh it's about 10 miles from the rio grande border this is this we're from the mexican border rio grande's right right south of this ranch it's 125,000 acres and i went to check it out uh it's a cattle ranch and the 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 cowboys met me the first night showed me where to sleep then they took off they're gone i'm there by myself (laughs) And I'm trying to drive around and mark roads and mark water tanks and see good spots to, you know, put your binos on and look for game as a mule, mule deer type hunt. And oh my goodness, I got in a bad spot and I, I had water and food and guns and everything. So it was all good, but I, I, I didn't know if my truck was going to get out of there. And uh, I think the poor thing needs a new paint job now. <laughs> I, just, I tore it up. I had a really nice truck before I left and now, oh my goodness. So, uh, but I got back and a couple of days ago and, uh, so I've been kind of driving around out in the woods for, you know, better part of a month. So, so. you said a lease, what, what is that? What do you, what do you, can you put that into? Yeah. Have it's a, a, yeah so the, the, there's a guy that owns this cattle ranch. It's in the desert. I mean, Sanderson, West Texas, there's, there's really nothing around. Right. So the, the guy that leases the cattle, the cattle rancher that leases it from, the owner. I don't think the owner's ever been to this property. So this guy leases it from the owner and he raises cattle 
and then he then can i guess like sub sublease it out to hunting hunting groups oh, okay and i think they've had the same the same group for like 15 years out there and they're out now and now we're in so we had never been out there to see it even though we com- committed to uh to hunting there this year it's like a 16 day season for, for mule deer at the end of november early december i was just i'm so i'm part of this group of like seven or eight guys that we're gonna we pay to hunt this property but somebody had to scout it out check it out and try to mark roads and where, where the hell not to go and i i have <laughs> i have a pretty good trail of bread breadcrumbs on the onyx app like do not take your truck down this road <laughs> you might, the chance you don't get it back luckily i didn't blow a tire I, I was I, I had some some concern there for for a few hours. Like I hope I make it out of here. Oh my goodness! So, yeah. do you just prefer to drive all across the country instead of flying? Is that just uh, just your your nature? You'd like to just be <laughs> entirely mobile. Yeah, I mean it 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 gives you an open ended departure date. Yeah. You know, you can leave whenever you want. That's nice, and it's just when it comes to the hunting and the camping that we were doing, I can't ship all my yeah. stuff uh, on an airplane. So I, I've got a full bed of stuff and, um, yeah, you just got everything with you, you know? So, yeah, I think I've, I don't know. I think I put like seven or seven, 8,000 miles on my truck the last month. So <laughs> <laughs> including, including this Texas trip. So, yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to flying and driving for sure. When you're out there in the wilderness, are you totally, disconnected do you check your phone like once every couple of days like what how, how does that work uh but most of the time you have cell service uh this place in west texas they actually had wi-fi at the headquarters where these guys live these cattle ranchers live but no you don't i mean that, that was part of my concern when i was out there in my truck you know eight miles south of this headquarters there's no cell service and uh i had intelligently forgot my Garmin in reach that, you know, has like a capability to text and stuff. And I, so that wasn't smart, but you can check typically every couple of days uh, or, or there, or you can check it every time you come back to the headquarters. When I was out in Utah elk hunting, no, I mean, we were out of pocket for five days. So you, uh, you can, you can text on some of these satellite phones and stuff as kind of emergency stuff, but no, you're, you're out there just hanging out with the people you came with. In general, I know you don't post a lot on social media. You mentioned sort of our society today. It's like you're, you know, bragging about where you're going and all this other stuff. How often do you monitor it, even if you're not participating? And on what platforms? Uh, daily, you know. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, maybe ashamed to say a little bit, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Instagram, I, I see what's going on out there. And in Twitter, I get a lot of news from twitter i don't know if that is a smart thing or not but it it seems like you can get it pretty fast so yeah i i know the current events i'm not completely unplugged and living out in the woods or anything even though part of me uh feels like that would probably be good for me but no i'm still abreast of what's going on as much as anybody is that reads this stuff i don't i don't know how accurate any of this stuff is to be honest i don't really believe stuff that i read but i do but i do read it yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh so did you happen to watch the syracuse game clemson game last week so i I was out in i was hunting uh but we were uh, we were listening to it on the radio actually because some of the guys i was with we couldn't figure out how to get it on the tv so we didn't try very hard but we were we were listening on the radio (laughs) and through somebody's 
phone or I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I had not done that in a long time. And that was pretty cool. It, it, it's, I think Reggie, so Tim Bray was up there yep. calling the game, Reggie Merriweather. Uh, and then the play by play guy, I'm not sure his name. Munson. Munson. Oh, is that, is that, is he related to Larry? No, Munson? he's not. Or, he's okay. Not. He's not. Okay. But anyway, um, that was cool. And there's, there's a level of kind of, mystery when you're listening to something i mean <laughs> what they're telling you that's all you can go by so that was cool we had a couple guys show up midway through the fourth quarter with ipads and stuff and we watched the the second half of the fourth quarter on a little ipad but uh yeah i i, I saw and then i watched some highlights um afterwards you know to see kind of how that first part went because it was a crazy game for sure interested in light of what happened in that game with dj uh getting benched after committing three turnovers and and looking like shaky pudding and probably sounding like shaky pudding too on the on the on the airways interested to get your thoughts on the big picture just from what you saw of him last year when he obviously struggled leading into um when he really exceeded almost everyone's expectations over the first seven games except maybe Dabo's because Dabo was high on him all along just curious what you've seen um just as a quarterback just uh from from his progression and then we can talk about i guess what's happening more like at present right well i think first off yeah i i like you say i think just about everybody was kind of wondering how this was going to go this year and quite honestly how long he was going to be the quarterback you know i mean i think that's not a completely out there uh assumption right and he uh I have to really give him credit on doing so much better and improving when he has to feel the pulse of what's going on, you know, and he's a huge recruit at a huge program and the pressure, maybe he's able to just not feel it or whatever, but like there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of people trying to tell you, Try to try to shake your confidence. Period. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, he's talented enough to 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 win for them to win all the games and stuff like that. To me, I mean, he's big, strong. I I don't think his accuracy is is, is a ten, you know, for sure. But his arm strength probably is. He, you know, he should be able to do it, and he's proved this year that he can. So I, I give him a lot of credit for weathering position along with other positions in sports. That has a lot to do with it. I mean, if you're if you're out there not real sure if you can do it, nobody's, you know, people are pulling against me or whatever, it's hard. And I probably so I give him credit, I give Dabo a lot of credit too for for saying you are a guy. We're going we're going with you. And um it's he's turned it around. He really has. I do I do think that the team is probably a little bit better around him, um, which helps a lot. Um but he's he's turned it around. I think he's been playing pretty dang good um and yeah it leads us into what happened this past weekend and uh you know i what's your what's your take on all that i mean what do you what do you want to talk about there? well i guess first of all i'll say i I think a lot of people gained or at least i did i gained a lot of appreciation for the difficulty of how a coach manages a situation like that um in the game first of all um, because you're down double digits at home and the air is panic, <laughs> you know, you can just feel it yeah. in the, in the joint. 
And so you, you make the decision to pull your, your guy, which was the right decision. Um, but you have to manage that really deftly, um, really delicately in terms of what you're saying to your, to DJ, right? Like when you pull him, what, what words do you choose? Then the backup is clearly pretty raw still to me, at least I think into a lot of others. I'd be interested to hear what you think based on what you've seen, even though you didn't watch that one. But so you're behind in the third quarter. It's like late third quarter. And so your, your nature as a human is, Oh my God, we've got to get, we've got to get it all back right now. So your nature is aggression because you have to, you know, as a play caller, you know, you're just it's sort of a desperate situation. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't do that. They stay, they, they're, they're, they stay patient. They're methodical. They stick with the run. They gamble that the defense is going to keep getting stops. They gamble that the backup is not going to turn the ball over and you're just going to sort of wear them down. So that's hard to do, I think, at least as a, as a play caller, as a head coach, just philosophically. And then after the game, right after the game, ESPN interviews Dabo and he says all the right things. Right. He says, Oh, y'all, y'all can just go ahead and, and write it down. DJ's our guy. You know, he's still our guy. That's my, that's my guy. You know, uh, he ain't, he ain't lost no job. You know, he, now he does have to, he does have to get better. Like, so he adds that caveat, yep. you know, and it's just, I just don't know if we appreciate how hard that is to do, to have the right touch on everything you do during a game and then everything you say, both to your quarterback and to the outside world as you're going into an open date, which gives people two weeks to obsess about it and speculate over it and, and, <laughs> and sort of just, you know, just take part in the general sensation that happens when something like that happens. You see what I'm, you, you agree with that, yep. first of all? like oh. Certainly, yeah. And I, I, I'm trying to think like, okay, Dabo is so in control. Look, every head coach in college, I'm, I'm sure, but Dabo is so in control of everything in that program, yes. right? And I think that that makes it, 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 look, it all went, it all went the way, the best way it could have gone. All right, you pull the quarterback, the backup comes in, doesn't lose it, doesn't win it like himself. I mean, Shipley, they keep running the ball. The defense doesn't give up another point. All that stuff. It goes perfect. Yeah. You know, you roll the dice and it works. So that helps a lot, right? The fact that he didn't, that K is it K Klubnik? K or Cole all the time. Cade. <laughs> yeah, Cade. The, the fact that he didn't go, you know, 12 for 14 for 200, you know, and two touchdowns is kind of nice too, right? For the whole program, maybe. Um, but Dabo's got such control and what he says is so important. Even if he doesn't say the exact right thing, everybody's going to believe it anyway. You know what I mean? That's right. kind of the, the good <laughs> thing about having such a freaking personality there and such a leader running the whole thing. It's like, we're going to do what I say we're going to do. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Like, I'm going to get you to believe what we're doing is the right thing regardless. Now, not saying that he didn't make the right decision and say the exact right thing. But I read that. Yeah, it was like 10 minutes after the game's over. I read it on ESPN. Dabo says, DJ's quarterback. And that just everybody that was talking in their living room going, oh, he's going to play quarterback now, all that. It's like, oh, just calmed it all down. And everybody's going, what? And they think about it for 30 seconds and go, 
Exactly. Of course, that's what we're doing. I mean, this went exactly the way it's supposed to go. We're going to pull a quarterback to get a spark, right? In quote. <laughs> like, that's what yeah. I always hear. Looking for a spark. Well, you got the, you got Klubnik is that guy. He comes in, he's enthusiastic, you know, he's, he's you know, running for first downs, giving the freaking signal, all that stuff. Really passionate player. That's what he provided. Gave him the spark. I don't, did it help the defense? I don't know. Maybe it did. Who knows? Um, so I love his personality. I love his competitiveness. He didn't do too much. It was a big controversy. <laughs> not that right. you don't, not, not that he wasn't trying to. I mean, obviously, hey, you go in there. It's, uh, I'm never coming out. I mean, that's, that's the attitude you want from anybody, you know, but it went perfect. Dabo said the right thing. This guy's our quarterback. And, it all, it all went perfect. And, and I think Dabo looked good. Everybody looked good. They won the game. It's great. He's a quarterback, so, and, and that guy's the safety, and that guy's the kicker, until they aren't. You know, I mean, it's not like you, you, you pigeonhole yourself. You know, I mean, if it doesn't go good again, you pull him at halftime. You know, Notre Dame. I mean, it doesn't mean that can't happen, but I think for the culture of the team and DJ's confidence, he is the quarterback. He's the guy that's going to do it. So that's what the head coach is for. And that's what he did. And he, he gave him the vote of confidence. And I hope DJ feels that, but maybe hey, my coach is behind me because it's a hard position. Head coach, quarterbacks, hard, hard position. And if you feel like you're playing against your head coach, that ain't no fun. Mm. I never had that situation, uh, thankfully, but that ain't no fun. So I think it went as good as it possibly could. Do you have a, a guess or a feel just in general? You, you mentioned that, you know, Klubnik, he's coming in. He ain't looking back. He, you know, he's gonna, you know, he, he's gonna take over and be the guy in his mind. I mean, that's he, he doesn't get to where he is without being just a supreme competitor and being supremely confident in himself. I'm curious the line between like, like you're confident in yourself, but how much, how, how hard is it to have self awareness? and to step outside of the situation when you're in that role. And I'm certainly not asking you to tell me what this particular guy's thinking, but I'm just curious, mm -hmm. just your general assessment of how hard is it for a guy to say, yeah, you know what? DJ is, is still better than me and I am still raw and our best chance is to, to still roll with this guy. I mean, that has to be, that can't be easy when you're, yeah. when you're at this level and you have been the best player on the field basically your whole life before college mm -hmm. yeah i i think the part of the clemson culture makes that easier you know i mean it's such a team environment and it's such a you know you're next man up type thing too i don't know what that is sorry um, where are you but uh i'm, I'm at my, <laughs> here at my garage uh and I, I sound like a neighbor or something i don't know what that was but um maybe they uh maybe they I, recognize I, you from the pat mcafee show <laughs> Maybe so. There's that guy. Yeah. He, he, he knows the Lou Holtz impersonator. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, man. Right. 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 But I, I think that Clemson and Dabo preaches the team so much. Um, and yeah, who knows what people are thinking? I don't think it does you any good to say, oh, we'll see. We'll, you know, in the post game, if you're, Club Nick. Yeah, we'll see what happens next week. You know, I really like being out there. I thought the guys responded to me. You know, all those things that are true. You know, you're smart enough not to say that. And, you know, DJ's over there cheering for Club Nick. I mean, it's, sometimes it's like, wow, 
how do these guys do this? You know, I mean, but when you're in there, I've heard Brady said this. Uh, there was there was a time I think Brady went on Peyton Manning, Peyton's places a year or two ago, right? And they're talking about that, where you got two guys, two greats talking about their career, Manning and Brady. Manning was number one pick. I mean, he started the first game his rookie year. He never came out. I mean, he <laughs> Eli the same way. Brady, sixth rounder, has to take the job. And like, how did that go? What was your mindset like? And Brady's like, man, it's like, you know, kind of cliche, but it's like, no, you go in there and you're like, I'm never coming out. Yeah. It's like, well, how do you do that? You got a relationship with Drew Bledsoe. You got a relationship with DJ. Like, I don't, I don't, I had a relationship with Willie Simmons. I mean, he was the leader of the team. Like, huge respect for the guy, you know? You're not thinking about that. You're in the game, you know? And you're not going, this is my team. You're just going, I, I need to perform and do my job, you know? So I think that all those thoughts, they can certainly come in afterwards. But when you're out there, you better be yourself. You better be yourself. If you're quarterback, if you're under center taking the snap, I don't care if it's, you know, second half or whatever, you better believe you're the man and this is your team. You don't, maybe not, you don't say it. You, I'm not saying you even feel it uh, after the game. You, you have time to reflect, but the position is played that way. And, you know, they, they look, yeah, you go in there or whatever the situation is and you go, they've never seen me before. You know, this defense, they don't know what they're about to get themselves into. That's the mindset. And I'm sure that that's what, what Klubnik had going through his head at that point. If you're in the Eastern Midlands and PD area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to UptownRealtySC.com. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business open the door to more with harris home and harris commercial their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details harris handles every step of your renovation process whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting like some of the positively stunning work they've done at clemson university go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from harris home and harris commercial solero communications formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. 
Can we revisit 2002 and the changeover just to refresh memories and also just to get your, uh, the, the, the images and memories that stick out the most to you about when the, you know, when you, when, when the change happened, uh, and you took over for Willie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of all of a sudden, I mean, I had played in a couple games. Um, you know, I watched Woody play. I was redshirted and Willie was a big part of the team culture and chemistry, even when he was not the starting quarterback and when Woody was still there and he was, you know, fast forward, you can tell why he's such a damn good yeah. football coach because he was coaching. He was, he was coaching the team back then too. I mean, he was a player coach mm. uh, even before he was a starting quarterback. So it was his, it was his team. Um, I had played in a couple games and uh, kind of up and down, you know, but done, done pretty well. I think I'd done well in spring practice, you know, the, before that year started um, and solidified that I was going to be a capable backup at least. Um, but yeah, it was after, I don't know, it may have been the NC state game. I can't remember the game before maybe it was Virginia. Virginia. I can't remember, but it was it Virginia. I, I don't so. remember what was before the Duke game. I guess it was, I don't remember, but um, I think it may have been NC state where, which I had played. I don't know. It, regardless, I, there was some up and down. Most of it was pretty good, but, and, uh, Michael Kane called me in, you know, it was like Sunday, I guess. And said, Hey, you know, we're talking about the game. He said, Hey, you think you're ready to start a game? <laughs> I've told that when people ask, I mean, I, I remember this like it was yesterday, you know, and he said, you think you're ready to start a game? And I remember going, I mean, thinking, what in the hell are they thinking? <laughs> hell no, I'm not ready to start. But I remember like nodding my head like, oh, <laughs> yes, sir. You know, <laughs> if you think so. But I didn't know what he was about to say next. And he said, well, that's what we're thinking this week. And I remember going, holy, oh, boy, <laughs> you know, what have I got myself into? And uh, he said, that's what I think that's what we're going to do. And uh, I remember walking out just going, oh, wow. I mean, you start thinking of a lot of things at once. Number one got a huge responsibility um don't know if you're really ready or not i mean i don't know who knows and uh yeah and you think of you know the guy that doesn't have the news yet you know what i mean willie and and, mm. and, and, and how much he had helped me and we were working out together and i think had tremendous mutual respect and all and going golly you know um this could be it you know for him and that that dream kind of like you know so it was, uh, it happens. And I mean, that's what you, that's what you do it for. You want to play, you don't want to sit there and watch. And, um, but there's only one guy out there typically at that position. So it was, uh, it was certainly kind of a life changing moment, really. But even before the game, like, Oh, here we go. You know, I've got a, uh, I've got some responsibility now. So. What was the conversation like with him? The first conversation, if you can remember. Um, I don't really – I remember more after the season when he – I don't remember the first conversation. I don't. You know, I mean, I, 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 I will say I never thought that there was resentment towards me from him at all, you know, um, because he's not that kind of guy. You know, I mean, really, and I seriously have so much respect for him, what he's done since then too. Um, I don't recall that. What I do remember – is, you know, we win the Duke game, we win the North Carolina game, both those games, go, everything goes right. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm playing great. Offense is doing doing what they need. Everybody's doing good, on at least on our side. Defense is doing – it's just going good. The easiest start it could, that I could have imagined, right? 
Maryland comes in, just absolutely expose me <laughs> pretty much, you know, a, a, a completely different defense. So then we're going into the South Carolina game. And now it's like, oh, my goodness. Now this is like a, this is a real big deal. And we had South Carolina at night at home. And we win. And we had to come back in the fourth quarter and we win. And I remember down in the ball, we run the clock out. That was the whole Keith Kelly, Yusuf Kelly thing. We handed it to him. I think we got the ball with five and a half minutes to go, up six. And uh, we got to run. We have to run the clock out against an SEC team that's tougher than us. Is going, you know, plug the run. Well, we run. We run the thing out. So I, we're in victory. I, I kneel at the last time, and uh, the first guy runs and grabs me is Willie oh, wow. on the field. You know, like I mean, I, wow. it kind of gets me right now yeah. because I, and I'm not really, you know, that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's not really a thing that's like, look, you do your job, dude. But like, he, he really did care about that. You know what I mean? He was excited for all of us, for the team. He was, and he was excited for me. And I mean, I, that was like, wow. I mean, I, I'll never forget that. Um, and then kind of your original question after that season, after the bowl game, when he, he called me and Chancey and Will Proctor, the quarterbacks at the time, he said, hey, I want to meet with you guys. We all drove up there like, what is this? You know, and he told us he's going to transfer. And, I mean, it was like I wasn't a dry eye mm. in the whole place. You know, I mean, it was really – it's just like, oh, my God. break. So then you're, <laughs> you're thinking, oh, God, what did I do? I broke up, you know, broke up a family. You know, we were all buddies and working together and stuff. And I don't mean to take that – I don't mean that in any way. I don't like to take credit or anything. I don't mean it like that. But it's just an emotional thing, you know. I mean – He's going to leave and go to Citadel. And then you're going, you know, soon after. I remember I drove him home. <laughs> I drove him back to his, his apartment, me and him, you know. And it was just, he was just so mature and such a man about it. You know, he was just so, he made everybody feel okay about it, you know. And it's not that big a deal if we were all 25 or 30-year-old. You know, you just make that big a deal. We're a bunch of kids. We're learning how to be grown-ups and kind of like, you know, kind of emotional about it instead of just being like, hey, hey, that's the way it goes, you know. But you quickly after that say, all right, he's not here anymore. And I was going to be the quarterback anyway that next year at 03, but he's now not here. And if there was a crutch that I had or something, it ain't there. You're, you're kind of – you got to be – you got to run the you got to run the show now. And uh, so that was a kind of a growing up moment again, you know. It's like, here we go. And uh, it was, you know, full steam ahead, and, and that's the way it went. Your first reaction is being sentimental and kind of upset and like, wow, how many quarter or how many sort of high-level athletes out there, quarterbacks out there, would have had the first reaction being be sweet. It's my job now. I don't have to deal with this guy. Like, because isn't that what? You know, like Michael Jordan or somebody. I don't think Michael Jordan would have yeah. been like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can picture him yeah. going, you know, GTFO or whatever. Like, yeah. I won. I won that battle, right? Or maybe even Brady. I don't know. You know, I'm just curious for your yeah. insight into that. Like, how many, uh, how, how common was you think your reaction in that world? I, well, I, it's, it, yeah, I, it's not like I knew it wasn't going to happen. Right. I mean, I, I, I knew he was going to transfer Yeah. before that. It was kind of already probably done. It was just the human part of it, of the guy from, 
you know, Quincy, Florida. They didn't go to Florida State. Somehow Tommy got him to come to Clemson and was going to light it up here and then go play in the NFL. I mean, I know that's what he wanted to do, you know, and it was just the human part of it. I, it it's the nature of the beast for sure. I mean, it's not what – now, here's the thing. It's like he could have played the next year, and then hopefully I could play two years, and we both could have had that experience, you know. But I uh, – it was already done. I had already gone through all that stuff in my head. It was more just the human part. It was, a, it was the, the fact that he called us in there, and he, I was like, that's the last meeting he was going to take. And it was for us four in the room and at Clemson. And it was just more of the human part. I, 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 I'm not going to say that it wasn't. Um, yeah, I wasn't like, excited that he was like, oh yeah, okay, you know. But it was, it, it there was a little bit of. This is why I'm here. Yeah, you know, this is why I'm here. And I, just, I don't, I don't want to have any disrespect towards him and, and some of those feelings I was having at the time. I mean, there, there's part of it was damn right you know not yeah. not that you're leaving but it, it's just like this is why i'm here you know and um yeah so that's what i wanted i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say yeah. what i wanted but it was just the human stuff and i know that i got out of the room because i was you know kind of like god i can barely handle it you know and i know that there was some talk about should the other guys leave too you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's saying too much, you know, mm-hmm. but Chance ended up changing positions and probably helped him in his future for sure. I mean, he played six, seven years receiver in the NFL. Um, and then Will got to play quarterback for a year, you know. So um, it changed a lot of kids' what dreams a little bit, you know what I mean? So including mine. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, the way it goes. You mentioned the expectations that were on Willie's shoulders when he arrived. Uh, Sort of translating that to now, Cade Klubnick, five-star, number one quarterback in the country, comes here to a school that is, whose fans are used to something that is truly like almost in another galaxy extraordinary in terms of their five stars come in and do what Deshaun Watson did in 2014. Instantly, one of the best players in the country as a freshman, or Trevor Lawrence in 18, instantly a Heisman-worthy quarterback. Can you put yourself in the shoes of of a uh, of this you know this player, uh, and you're trying to like Klubnik is probably closer to the norm of even the most talented quarterbacks have to take a little bit of time. You know, uh, they don't do what Deshaun did uh, or what Trevor did. And I'm just curious for your sort of perspective on the expectations, those types of expectations on the shoulders of a, of, of a freshman who's coming in facing that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I, I, I think the first thing I think of is the fact that it's changed the, uh, Everybody's on a one-year contract now. Transfer rules have changed. But it's like, okay, I'm a top guy from Texas or from L.A., like DJ, and I'm going to go to this school where there's going to be a five-star every single year. You know, and that, that's like, okay, back when you couldn't transfer, <laughs> maybe you had to be more selective. You know, I mean, you never know who they're going to get behind you, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, so th- there's that 
thing going on that, that, that it's changed a little bit. Maybe it's easier to step in and go, I mean, look at like Justin Fields starting for the bears. It didn't work out in his first, first go round where, where he went first. So he just went somewhere else. Another super program. Damn near won a national, I guess didn't win the national championship there, but you know, it was a top 10 pick, all that stuff. So, um, but that wasn't really your question. So like, uh, I, I don't really know. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have that. I was not the, the huge, huge recruit. I was planning on playing two years after Willie. And that was, you know, pretty good. I mean, for at the time, that's kind of how it went. I mean, if you were a three-year starter at a big program, that was, you know, not, not terribly normal. Right. So you try to play two, maybe one, I don't know. Um, I don't know how you what, what the expectation is like. Uh, maybe it's easier to say, well, if DJ keeps rolling, I'll leave or something. Uh, not real sure. I mean, I guess I guess Klubnik has two years after. He's two years younger. Well, he's a DJ. he's a true freshman, so yeah. He and well, DJ uh, by all accounts, DJ is on the three year plan, so he's planning on graduating in December and going to the NFL. So, oh, um, oh I didn't I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I was just so, speaking so in terms of – go ahead. Well, I was saying, does, does DJ get another year for the COVID thing? He could – oh, yeah. He, he, oh, he could he, – no, he he has he eligibility left. Years. He's just always yeah. been on the three-year – that's been okay. his – and you could argue whether that's whether that's the smartest thing in the world or not, I guess. We, we really don't know right now. But um, I was just speaking in terms of, you know, like when Cade came in in the opener – against Georgia Tech in garbage time, leads the mm-hmm. offense down the field. He, he did look good, um, mm-hmm. but it created this massive sensation that was, I think, it was overheated. It was, it was like, oh, my God, we got, here's got to put him in right now. If we want to win a national championship, we got to go ahead and make the change because the assumption mm-hmm. is, oh, that's another Trevor Lawrence and, or Deshaun Watson. And yeah. it's just that's not – I mean, it's really Always the case. It, it's, what's really amazing is that those two guys came along to the same school, first of all, and within just a couple of years of each other. That's in, incredible, you know, because most right. schools don't get one of those guys in a century, you know. Sure, sure, so. yeah, yeah, right. I mean, Deshaun, I, I, I've said this too. When, when, like last year, when it was kind of down. I mean, some of the commentary you hear is like, what's going on with the quarterback? It's like, well, look, I mean, there's a, there's a bit of a contrast. Deshaun was the best player in college football, the best player in the whole, the whole thing. And then, yeah, you skip one year, then you got the best player again. Lawrence is the best player in the whole league. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's different too, with how fast they ascended the guy that they overtook you know, probably was, I mean, you know, the whole thing with, with Lawrence and I know that I think Kelly Bryant, he was upset about it and stuff like that, but it's like in hindsight, I mean, exactly what needed to happen. Exactly. Yeah. what should have happened at the time. This one's maybe a little, a little different maybe. Um, so I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what their expectations are and stuff, how fast they want to play, but no, you, you look, you sign up, you go to, you go to this program I'm not saying it's a wait your turn thing, but you're going to get an opportunity eventually and you take it. And if it's the first year, great. If it's the second year, great. You end up, you know, you take it. And if DJ's thinking about leaving after this year anyway, well, that's probably pretty good. That's probably a pretty good way to get five stars to your program all the time. You know, (laughs) this guy's on three year plan, you know, 
Uh, I don't know if DJ's told Dabo that or not. I guess the assumption, maybe he has. Yeah, know, I believe he sure. has. Yeah, so uh, maybe maybe Klubnik's thinking the same thing. All right, well, let's roll in a five-star every two years, and we're going to have somebody. So, so uh, where they are right now with DJ is it's kind of a reset. You know, like, okay, his his mechanics started have started to get a little out of whack. The footwork, some of the stuff from last year kind of creeping in. Some hesitation. I think you might have even seen against Florida State at times. Um, maybe late on some throws. So they're doing like a kind of a reset of, okay, we've got to get back to what you spent the whole offseason working on and honing. I'm curious when confidence sort of goes and his confidence clearly is diminished or has been diminished recently, what do you do to get it back? (laughs) (laughs) Or is is that kind of a, if you knew the answer to that, then you'd be, yeah. uh, I'd still be going. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, you could ask the same question with all due respect to Tom Brady right now, you know, I mean, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I, I think that experience and, uh, having, having the issue, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, like having the ups and downs that you have been through. I mean, there's some character involved as well, you know, but I mean, yeah. What do you hang your hat on type thing? And, uh, I've been there. I mean, the Oh four season was, I never thought I'd feel that low and feel that. I don't know. Wow. You know, like I didn't think it could get this bad. And what do you do? Well, you lie to yourself. Maybe, you know, you say <laughs> every single week, they here here it comes here i come you know i mean there's only one way to think of it in my opinion um that i don't care what's happened before i've got tremendous belief in who i am and uh i'm gonna go and and i'm gonna light it up and uh I, i everybody's got a different personality for sure but i think um yeah sometimes you can you can think of it as as too big oh i'm gonna i'm gonna Throw this. We're going to score a touchdown on this play. I'm going to throw it over everybody's head or whatever. I think the common thing you hear from coaches is get back to fundamentals, simplify your your mind, your reads. I mean, that's what it seems like coordinators do sometimes. If one side of the ball is struggling, how we're going to simplify stuff. So we're not thinking as much. We're just we know our job and we're going to do it as hard as we can, you know. And um, so I think there's probably some of that that's going to happen in this off week. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> it's a million-dollar question, too, because it is uh, in sports in general. I think it's so, it's so great, and that's why kids should do it, because there's times where you're going to be kind of tested, and you got to kind of figure out who you are and go show everybody. So um, we will see. We'll see how, how it all shakes out. You are clearly very well-rounded. You're having a great time in your post-football life, doing a bunch of different things. When you look at people like Tom Brady, I guess I can't say people like Tom Brady because there's not many people like him. (laughs) I guess when you see instances of that, people clearly who are addicted, well, I don't know, I guess maybe not clearly, but apparently addicted to competition, really not much else there in their lives. Do you, what's your, I mean, do you feel sorry for you, for him? Are you like, dude, just, just hang it up and enjoy, find a way to enjoy life. Like what's, what's, what's your perspective into that? I've always looked up to those people, to be honest mm. with you. I, I was, I, I felt like my competitiveness was, was really up there and wanting to show people 
that they could count on me and that I was going to fight and that I was tough was important. I mean, I, I think a lot of sports too, if you keep doing it, is a little bit of self-expression and kind of how you want the people around you to talk about you, you know, <laughs> afterwards, somewhat, not, not that you're doing it for other people, but you know, you're trying to express yourself. I, I, I was around some guys that I honestly thought like were more competitive than me. And that was like Philip Rivers. I mean, that, that was kind of shocking. You know, you're always at the, at the park. You're the one that wants it the most in high school. You feel like you're that guy in college. You're right there, you know, and, and then there are people that are obsessed and using that obsessed word can be negative. I've sometimes used it as a positive a little bit, but just to, to tell people, here's what you could be up against. You might be up against a Rivers, a Brady, a Manning in your life, not in sports, you know, I mean, like in anything, business or whatever, like politics. I mean, these people are obsessed with what they do. Yeah. And I have no idea what the rest of his life is like. Is he a great husband or not? I don't know. I mean, I don't yeah. think nobody really knows. Right. But um, I've, I've been impressed when you have that level of success. I mean, what more does he want in his life? What more does that? I mean, Dabo's kind of Dabo's a very seems seems like a very well rounded version of this. But there's the Sabins. People say, "Well, how long Saban going to coach?" What do you mean? Until he can't walk anymore? <laughs> I mean, this is what he does. This is what Belichick wants to do. It's what Tom Brady wants. That's what they want to do. I think Drew Brees has mentioned that he he, he would he would still be playing if he wouldn't if he wouldn't have torn up his right shoulder in 2005, you know, or or whenever he did that, he'd still be doing it and. Does that lend to the best family life? I'm not going to say one way or the other. I don't know. Yeah. But there are people that this is what they do. This is what they want to do. Their drive is probably more so than, than yours. I don't mean yours, you, but the, the understood you. And you're going to have to compete against them. And you can, you can beat them. You can, but just know what you're up against. And it's always been kind of an admiration that I've had for specifically Brady. He's got more money more fame, more success than anybody. And he still is like, you know, when he won the, when he won the Super Bowl in Tampa two years ago, it was like, wow, he's still, he's still is the best <laughs> example of that ever. I know the example might be a little bit different right now, but that's, that's his, who these people are. And that's why he's won seven Super Bowls or however the hell he's won eight. I don't know. That's why. And that's the, that's, and that's the only reason, <laughs> you know? So, what was it you saw in Rivers that that told you, oh, yeah, wow, he surpasses me in the competitiveness category? He wanted he, his preparation. Like, it's it's easy to well, – I always thought when I was in the weight room, if I was on the practice field or in the game, especially on the game field, like, you're not going to – you're not going to break me. You're not going to – I'm not going to ever wave the flag. You know what I mean? It's like – these guys do this 24 hours a day for six months, right? And like the the the, 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 prepar- the, the their their need for that preparation, I I could tell there was it's just they just you know these guys just want it so much all the time, and um, and I'm not saying those are the only guys, but a lot of guys run out there, great talent, and go and hit freaking 40 home runs. I'm sure you know and. It's pretty easy, and I don't think about it when they go home. So, you know, but um, football is kind of different, and 
just all the time. Just there was never really a let up with thinking about it all the time. That's all I wanted to think about, along with family and stuff like that. I, I, I don't mean it was taking away from the few other responsibilities he had in his life, but I mean, he didn't have any hobbies. Mm-hmm. Didn't want any, mm. you know, so that's, that's amazing. In this, uh, on this topic, uh, this is a couple of years ago, but the last dance documentary on the bulls and Michael Jordan, I'm assuming you watched it. If you did mm-hmm. as a competitor, as a, a performer, professional athlete, what are your, what's that like sitting down, getting a window into that sort of mania? <laughs> Of his. So everybody was, yeah, everybody was watching it. I watched the first two or three episodes and I just confirmed what I already knew, to be honest. I didn't watch the last five episodes and I, I will at some point in my life. I mean, he, he is the, he is like the barometer to compare Brady and Manning and those people and all those other people and other sports too, too. I mean, he is the king of that to me. Um, it was a watching that going, it, it's awesome. It was kind of a warm and fuzzy thing. And all you get to see the back backstories of the stuff we were seeing. And I was a kid at the time. And I think everybody that watched him already knew all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> to, to some extent. I mean, really like he is to me, he's the, he's the, he's the greatest competitor ever that I've ever seen. All the fans, when you would watch him, you knew he was going to deliver. I mean, you knew it. You knew it. And maybe the basket didn't go in, but he was taking the damn shot. Like, for sure. And I've seen some other guys, you know, maybe kind of yield to some other things And it, when you're watching this competition at times, but he never did that. He never did that. And um, that was just – it was almost – I got so worked up watching it, I had to stop watching it, you know, but it's like, I already know this stuff, and I will watch it at some point, just out of respect to him in my life, but it's like, yeah, I knew that already. I mean, that that is who we saw every single time. I remember my dad took me, I don't know, 1991, I think, you know, played the Hawks. I remember just, I knew it when I was nine years old. I mean, just watching him, just, oh my God, there he is, and how he moved and what he looked like and how he competed and how athletic he was and just how much he wanted it. And he's, he is the example to me. He's the example for any athlete that, that if you want to see how to do it, that's how you do it. And I don't mean the fact that he could score 50 anytime he wanted. It's just how he competed and how he, I know he was hard on his teammates and all that stuff too, but that's, well, what do you expect? <laughs> you know? so. so you've said you wished you could be more like that, but that, with that, you sacrifice some happiness and contentment, right? Because you can't – conti- you don't know? I mean – I don't know. I mean, I think you're born like that. I, I, and I think there was uh, – to some extent, I, I, I don't – I'm not comparing myself to any of these great, great, great athletes at all. But I, I've, felt, I've felt a drive before that I thought was unique, you know, when I was competing and stuff, unique to the people around me, to my peers. I felt like I wanted it more. And I'm not talking about – guys at Clemson. I don't mean that. I just mean, I felt like, okay, this is right. My feeling is correct. You know, I want it and I'm going to play hard and all that stuff. But there's a few special, special guys Mm -hmm. that you end up being around. And I was around rivers. I was around some other guys too, for sure. in pro football, but I know, I know Jordan is that guy. 
he's at the top of that list. And I know Brady's at the top of that list. And you watch him. I watched him last night, and he looks thin. <laughs> you know, he seems uh, he's probably stressed out. Obviously, I mean, you can't avoid what everybody's hearing right now and everything. It's not. He's older, and it's like everybody's kind of giving him shit too. And it's like the freaking risk you take to take the field with a bunch of 23 year old guys yeah. at 45 years old. <laughs> I don't care who you are. It's like, I want it. God, I want it to go good for him. I want it. To, I want him to have a little bit of a resurgence here. I don't want him in week 13 to, Hey, we're going to go with Gabbert. You know what I mean? I just don't want that he, I, I, because he's taken such a risk and I hope it turns out well for him you know um so i i have kind of more compassion than for like somebody like him than maybe oh let's see let's see how bad it gets you know so well charlie the the real reason that i had you on was i thought you'd be able to connect me with the lou holtz impersonator but you don't even remember his name so it's disappointing <laughs> I apologize to him he's uh <laughs> no i had a great time with him he was and the, the, the guy sitting right behind me i knew that i knew their names at the time um but uh they were great they were cool you know they were i asked him i said hey so you guys like buddies with pat or where'd you guys say, hell no man we just got out of college i'm freaking wrote him a letter i wanted to intern for him you know so these guys are like wow. they're gonna be in this they're gonna be in sports media for a long time that's what these guys are gonna do in their life too and they're they're getting a lot of talent obviously i mean how do you learn to do that like what that's amazing <laughs> he's, sitting, he's sitting in his bedroom doing that you know, so, <laughs> as a kid good gracious <laughs> and not only to have that talent but then to just be able to just go off the cuff without busting out laughing yourself on national tv uh no less <laughs> Yeah, live. Live. Oh my goodness. Uh, One of the other things that stuck out. I want to be sensitive here, but I just I I busted out laughing. Uh, Did a um, what they talking about? Your face mask because it was the Jared Lorenzen uh, (laughs) face mask, and you said, "Yeah, "Yeah, kind of got hit." I was I was writhing around like Tua. Yeah, I had a back. I had a back. Yeah, kind of like him. Anyway, they were like, "All right, let's pause uh, to remember Jared." You know, rest in peace. And then there are somebody says, also Tua. And it's because, oh, actually, he's still alive. Like, oh yeah. Anyway, right. sorry. That was just right. hilarious. Get down, yeah. He's well, not dead. Down a road, yeah. Yeah, right. Tua's not dead. I mean, welcome back to college football. Prime Cavalier SPN 2 with the Pat McAfee show. He's Coach Lou Holmes. You're watching a clip of Pat McAfee here. Yes. Absolutely blistering good football. I believe it's in the Fiesta Bowl pass. You can revive it. 76 yards. When was the last time you saw Collins Butter? It wasn't that many <laughs> And then you got our esteemed guest, Charlie Whitehurst, with a little pooch punch. 25 yards. Pinned somebody deep. My eyes aren't very good, so I can't tell who it was against. Maybe Charlie can tell us. But, boys, if you'd like to walk us through those two unbelievable plays of your careers, I'd love to hear more about it. Duke Rockley would have loved to have a couple of hundreds like you guys back in his day with the four horsemen. Thank you, Coach. It was an honor. That was not in the Fiesta Bowl. That appeared to be in Morgantown there. My mistake. <laughs> Charlie, that's, how many times did you do the quarterback punt? That was one. I had one, one quick kick in my career. I remember thinking, I'm going to drop this rugby punt on the two-yard line, you know, and then right before the snap, a wave of anxiety came over me. I said, if I drop this, I swing my leg, 
and I don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I went the conservative route and just made sure I got my foot on it. And uh, hey, good contact. I put it inside the 20, I think, though. Yeah, inside yeah, the 15. It ended up on the 19. Oh, 19. You had a good backspin. It landed at the 12. You kind of got screwed. Yeah. Charlie, can I ask why you're wearing a center's face mask? Yeah, Coach Lewis, what are your thoughts on uh, Charlie Whitehurst's face mask? Well, I'll be honest with you. You see a quarterback wearing that kind of face mask, you're saying, okay, let's pressure this guy because he probably stinks. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Typically, good quarterbacks aren't wearing that kind of face mask. Guys who stink who have to play quarterback are wearing that kind of face mask. So, Charlie, if you want to take it away here and tell us why you were wearing that candy oh, face mask. Coach. And that's a big red <laughs> But go ahead, Charlie. Why, why were you wearing that, that face mask? You look like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, they could, you know, those guys were aiming for your chin. And uh, I played in a bowl game as a freshman and took a few hits and ended up locking up like Tua, you know, at the end of that game. Oh, yeah, no, no. Oh, no. No. I had a back. Yeah, I had a back. We hope everybody's okay. Yeah. That was a rough night. They tried to put me in the, uh, the the new Evolution helmet, and I was protesting. I said so. I negotiated and said, "Give me the Jared Lorenzen face mask and Rest wore that for you." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Moment of silence for Hefty Lefty, please. The Pillsbury Throw Boy. We love you, Lorenzen. Love you, Jared. Miss you, Jared. We do miss you, Jared. Too as well. Two is not dead. Is, I know, I'm just saying he's, uh, for when he has come back. We hope he's okay. Yeah. Next week. Two is rolling, too. Two is rolling early. Yeah. Oh, no. Ooh. That Miami team looks very good. Florida State, though, moving here. Let's go. Uh, that, that, yeah, and I mean, that's serious stuff. Yes, it sure, is. Obviously, yeah. and I hope we didn't make too light of it. No, no, you know, no, no. But, like, I'm glad, too, uh, it looks like he's going to recover from that because that was scary. I mean, that was – but, you know, I was – I. I had a similar thing happen when uh, in that bowl game, and uh, really, said, all right, yeah. Well, I didn't lock, but I remember watching it in tape. My hand, my my arms fell back, and it was just like more like a flop of just ugh, like that's wow. it. Like oh my god, I mean it was it was it, it was really bad. I was up all night, you know, and lost my stomach twenty times. I mean it was bad. Whew. It was a little different time though, too. You know what yep. I mean? It was before we really knew. Uh, how serious all that stuff was, and um, but to their credit, they said we're you're gonna we're gonna put you in one of these new helmets. Revol- I mean, they said that you got a glass jaw. I mean, we're gonna put you in the that Rydell Evolution helmet. That to me was like it ain't worth playing. If I have to wear that helmet, and I remember telling. telling Telling you know Danny, I said Danny, he's he's gonna make me wear it. He said you're wearing it. I said Danny, here's what I'm gonna tell you. I just, I can't be any more clear about this. I'm not wearing that helmet, period. He said, yes, you are. So I was, I had, I wore it in spring practice for like the first, I don't know, five or seven practices. And you just, God, it's like being out there naked. You just feel like you're so self-conscious. Like, I ain't wearing this. So luckily I, I was able to negotiate a, you know, we, we compromised, and I, I had like the Dan Marino face mask, the long single bar that came down <laughs> real far, because they wanted something to cover my jaw. So he, he, and I couldn't when I when I dropped back, the thing would hit me in the left shoulder pad. I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> get it all the way over. I couldn't see. So Lorenzen had the other one that wasn't quite as long, and I I settled on that one. And it's funny that I ended up wearing that, yeah, for I guess three years. But yeah. 
Well, man, this is, I don't know if we, I think we've covered everything, but this has been a blast as, as expected and as it always is, man. I really, uh, always enjoy your, your company. Same to you. I really appreciate you thinking about me again. Never a dull moment with old Charlie Whitehurst. So much fun. Hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. Appreciate the support of our very loyal sponsors for helping make this happen. And of course, thanks to all of you for hitting that play button. Everybody have a great open weekend. Enjoy the football. Happy Halloween. All that good stuff. Cheers.